to New in the Can, where we review a new beer and a new movie. I'm Mike, and my bride-to-be, Emma, is with me for this review of, what's it called? The Wrath of Man? Yeah. I don't even know the fucking title. That's horrible. No, Wrath of just, Man. You told me before we went yeah. there. Before we get into that, though, the beer that I'm drinking is from Revision Brewing Company. It's called Reno as Fuck. Hazy Double IPA. Uh, it says, Embracing the no-holds-barred, pure, dirty, clean, crass culture of the greatest place in the world, this beer is a reflection of the city it was born in. It's real, down-to-earth, and unfiltered. You don't buy this beer. You earn this beer. This beer is Reno as Fuck. Hmm. 8.4 uh, alcohol volume. Let's give it a shot. Oh, and Emma's drinking uh, grapefruit juice and vodka. Is it good? Pretty good. I like it. Yeah, it's a little bit more bitter than I guess I would like, but overall, not bad. This will do just fine. So yeah, we went and saw Wrath of Man. This is a new uh, Guy Ritchie film starring Jason Statham. Now, this is the fourth time these guys have collaborated. Um, I know one of them was on Snatch. One of them was on... Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think this is the first movie that Guy Ritchie has done since... Oh, maybe The Gentleman came out after that, but this terrible Aladdin <clears throat> live-action movie which was I mean I didn't think it was pure shit but it was kind of shit so this is uh, going into this we thought this is going to be like your typical Jason Statham film he's a badass he's quiet very stoic um, unemotional and he's just there to kick ass and kill people I believe what was your exact question to me when we were watching this movie to begin he said doesn't this guy just kill people in every movie yeah yeah <laughs> so but i didn't know he i didn't know anything about this movie right when we went to see it and when i saw that he was in it i thought oh, okay maybe it's going to be an okay movie there's going to be some you know like good action back. scenes yeah there's going to be some you know, creepy backstory and some people are going to get beat up and killed. Yeah. Um, that happens to an extent. By the way, full spoilers. But it's not like balls to the wall, nonstop action, like crank or something like that, like the entire film. There's really only two scenes where you see his skills as a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, one scene where Post Malone, for some fucking reason, is in this movie. <laughs> and, um, you know, our son Aaron, though, loves the song Sunflower, so. I like some Post Malone. Yeah, I like that song, too. But he's in this, and his whole crew gets taken out, like, in an instant by Jason Statham. And he <laughs> kills Post Malone, and there's brains all over the place. Yeah. By the way, someone brought their, like... I was just going to say this. ...six-year-old daughter to this. No, and she was younger than that. Yeah. 
There's like 50 million F-bombs in this. There's brains and blood flying everywhere. She had headphones on, though. She's probably on her iPad or something. Yeah, but she can still see. Yeah. I just thought it was totally inappropriate to bring your little child to this, you know? Definitely. Uh, it starts out, though, you don't really know what's going on. Statham is... Well, the first scene of the movie is this robbery of a, of a, um, what would those be called? Like money transporting vans, armored yeah, trucks? Yeah, armored truck. Yeah. And this ties into the rest of the film, but we don't know why until about halfway through, which it, Guy Ritchie's known for this. Like, he'll kind of take you into the story without knowing, and then he does like a rewind or like a backtrack, and um, he'll kind of spell it out for you. So this movie starts with Statham after that robbery, like applying to be a truck driver. And the first thing I'll say is a lot of the dialogue that was written in this, it, it really kind of wore on you. Um, I know there's four people that, that wrote this screenplay. Guy Ritchie being one of them. But, like, a lot of the dialogue that they're throwing around in the beginning of this, like, people don't talk like this. No. And, and I get they're trying to, like, go for a, these guys are all tough and rough and busting balls and shit like that, but you just don't believe the dialogue. Um, Statham says very little. Yeah, and I, well, I thought all of the, when they were all, you know, getting to know him as, you know, friendly people at work, I thought it was all very kind of awkward. Yeah, Absolutely. And I don't know if that was intentional. It, it probably was, but you know, they, they tell him you gotta pass a seventy percent and they they introduce this guy Bullet, who's supposed to be like the old dog there and like the mentor, and immediately I knew he was gonna be one of the bad guys. I didn't. Well that guy's a bad guy in every movie he's in, number oh. one. Yeah, see so Emma being like a novice film watcher didn't realize that, but Every movie this guy's in, he's a bad guy. Like, nine times out of ten. But he tells him he's got to pass, like, these exams and at least get a 70%, which he gets a 70% exactly mm -hmm. on the shooting and all these other things. So he's riding around these guys, and it's pretty uneventful. And I felt like, I don't know, the first 20 minutes or so dragged. Like, it shows him... A little bit. You know, playing pool and... I don't know they go through a run and like nothing happens and i get that they're trying to do like a slow burn but i just didn't feel like it was engaging enough to where i gave a shit you know yeah there were some things that were not necessary like the guy who owned the company coming in a couple times and saying how awesome he was and stuff like that yeah. it just you know it was almost like filler well that's the, the weird part too so after he kills all these guys right and Post Malone. Um, the, the owner of the company comes in and is like, you need to promote this guy immediately and move him up the ranks. And it's kind of whimsical. It's a little, yeah. like, uh, slapstick. They're kind of yeah. making jokes and you're laughing, right? So we were like, okay, this is going to be kind of like a lighthearted action film. Mm -hmm. Right? Almost like, in some ways, like, nobody. Yeah. You know how nobody, like, yeah, it was violent and all that, but, like... There was a lightheartedness about it, too. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And then, once we get to the reveal of what, what's actually going on with Jason Statham in this, he plays this guy named John Wraith. 
I believe his character is in this. I thought that's what they had said. No, I thought it was a longer name. Okay. Well, they call him H through most of the movie. But I think that's his real name. No, his last name is Hill. And then... That's his fake name. Yes. His real name is like John Wraith or John Wrath or something like that. Which is why they call it Wrath of Man. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. And I, I only caught that like in the hospital part. When he was in the hospital. Okay. So... It, um, then in typical Guy Ritchie fashion, I believe this is after, so he sleeps with this chick. Well, the the chick works with them. Right. She's the only woman, right? Right. So it's, they, they're all, they all work for this company that transports money. And there's one lady who works with them and they really have, like we said, it, there's a lot of banter and all that in the beginning, and I think they're trying to build up that they're all, like, very family-like. Sure. Because you need that. Yeah. For... There's a camaraderie there. For that... For the last part of that, right? Right. So, there's there's one woman who works with them, and he um, ends up... I get I, I don't know how that happened, but he was, like, sleeping in her bed, and um, then what happens... First of all, I could not think of where I know this chick from. And suddenly it just hit me. She's in Raised by Wolves, that show that I tried to get you to watch, and you said, fuck this, after <laughs> the second episode. Was it the one with the planets or something? Yeah, like they were on a different planet. Yeah. I could not think of where I knew this woman from, but that's where she's from. So he sleeps with her, and then she, he throws a robe on her, of course, after he's got his nut off. And then he's like, go in the living room. Which, by the way, I don't know when this was filmed, but I'm assuming it was like post-quarantine or something because, or I guess it had to be during quarantine, but Jason Statham's accent is extra heavy in this. And there was a lot of times I could not understand what he was saying. Yeah, I agree. And this is com- that, that's coming from someone who's from England. And her dad is a limey bat. And they call... Jason Statham, a limey bastard in this, which I thought was hilarious because there's a British guy that works with us and that's his nickname is Limey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even you had a hard time understanding him, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So he says he was born in Shirebrook. You know where that is? No. Okay. We'd have to ask your dad that, I guess. Is he actually... From England, or is he from Scotland, or Wales? I don't know where Shirebrook is. Now I'm going to have to look this up. But anyhow, he throws a robe on her, and tells her to go in the living room, and he's got a gun on her. It's England. Okay. In the Bolstover district in Derbyshire, England. No idea where that is. Close to the boundaries of the districts of Mansfield and Bastaw of Nottinghamshire. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Okay. That's like... Because there's two different kinds of, like, English speak. I learned this from Kingsman. There's proper English, and then then there's, there's like... like, people like me? Like, yeah, like, you can hardly understand a word they say. Yeah. This is probably from that kind of town, right? Like, from your town, right? I think he, he was more... It sounded more country. Yeah. Like, where you guys are from is more country there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Stoke-on-Trent. 
Yeah. Which is hilarious. <laughs> but, okay, so he's got her in the living room. And he's like, tell me everything I want to know. And That's she's... That's not how he talks. <laughs> how does he talk? Not like that. But tell me everything I want to know. Well, you do the accent then. You're not from I... England. <laughs> I can't do accents. Do it. How do you not? You came here when you were three. It never leaves you. Go for it. That was 41 years ago. <laughs> Try your best. No. Okay. I can't. Okay, see, so now I'm going to try it. He goes, tell me everything I want. No, I can't say it. <laughs> so she, you know, she's resisting, and he shoots, like, two bullet holes through her couch right next to her. Yeah. And she finally, like, admits that she stole some money, but she really doesn't know what's going on or anything. And he tells her, you can keep the money, but if I find out you're lying, you know, it's going to be bad times for you. And... Before that, he had gotten a folder of everything about her family and her loved ones, her parents, right? Everything mm -hmm. that means anything to her. He's got, um, he's kind of got something on. So then we kind of flash back to five weeks before he gets this job. And he's got his son. He's taken him to a baseball game. His crew calls him and says, I need you to go case this armored armored vehicle. So he stops on the side of the road and was like, wait right here. I'm going to go get you some burritos. And then <laughs> he, as he's doing this and telling the guy whether he makes a left or a right on yeah, the route. that's all he needed to know was yeah. whether he goes left or right. There's another crew that shows up. Which, at first, you're not sure if, like, this is the crew they hired or what, but it's a different crew. And the son happens to see this going on, and this this scene actually, <clears throat> it got to me. And it really started to bring me back in to the film. Uh, as he's approaching, you see one of the guys just gun his son down. And the son is very scared. He's trying to call his dad. He's like, what would you say, maybe 16? No, I think he—he he, they were talking about being in college or something. Okay, so early, but let's he, say early 20s. I, I would say like, yeah. A young kid like though. Late, late teens. Yeah. Um, And they just gunned the son down. Yeah. And He's actually them. laying on the ground and yeah. they shoot him. Statham is running and they shoot Statham. And then you see him looking in the eyes of the guy that shot his son, which is um, Scott Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got the scar in the eye and all that, right? And then, th you know, Statham is in the hospital for three weeks. He's incubated. Mm -hmm. They had to do three surgeries to, like, get him, to get him just to live. And then, you know, he finds out that his son has been killed. Then we find out, and keep in mind, the people that at this, this armored truck company are starting to think this guy might be a psychopath, right? Yeah, there's a lot of things that don't add up. His... He's, he's saved the day more than once, and one of the times he saved the day, they were about to be robbed, and he goes to the back of the van. I and, forgot to bring this point up, yeah. Yeah, and he um, shows his face, and then the people just go away. The, the robbers just go away. Yeah. And then you find out later that the people who were trying to rob him were actually his crew. And this is, again, when he's explaining to his boss that they just left... 
the boss is just like befuddled, and it's kind of it's played kind of whimsically again, right? Because then the, the other boss comes in and was like, "What are you doing? Stop busting this guy's balls!" You know, just yeah. promote him to the mayor of the city. You know, yeah. So we go back and we find out that Jason Statham is like, what would you say, like a mafia leader? It seems like it. Yeah, he's a big-time boss. They're all scared shitless of this guy. But you know what? It, it seems like the only thing they're in is armored car stuff, right? Yes. Uh, it seems like it. They're, 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 they're robbers, I guess. Um, but they start scouring the town looking for people, and, and they're doing this very brutally. So yeah. Emma and I talked about this, like... For me, uh, initially, I thought to myself, this is a lot different than that movie Nobody because this guy has, like, irredeemable qualities. He's not sympathetic. He's kind of, um... He's kind of a, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a genocidal maniac, you know? I I disagree, though. Right, and we talked about this point. I thought he... He was... Partially a sympathetic character. But I think, like, the points you made... So, like, one one incident, they're trying to find these dudes, and they kind of shake down a whorehouse. And there's underage girls there. They Stacey Statham pretty much kills everybody in that place. Yes. Except the underage girls. And he gives them the $2.5 million to split and lets them bounce. They kidnap this dude in the middle of the night and beat the shit out of him. They put bags over him and his wife's head. He gives them a name, and then Statham says, give him 250 grand and get him out of here, right? So there's little, like, subtle movements at some kind of empathy. Well, he hasn't hurt anyone who's innocent. Would you say he's a sociopath? Yeah. I mean, he, he kills with no hesitation. Yeah. But he's definitely not just indiscriminately killing. Right. And, uh, you know, to be fair, if somebody killed my son, like, I would think I would be kind of driven like this to an extent. Except in the whorehouse, he was killing everyone. But you get the sense that he was killing everyone because they were victimizing those young ladies. Right. Did you get that sense, too? And then he asked... How old are these girls? And then he shoots that dude, right? Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and they did make a point of, of mentioning the, the crew that was running the whorehouse, mentioning how sick they are. They're into all kinds of ways to, to prey on everybody. Sure, sure. And that's, that just that set him off. Right. And he shot everybody. And then there was another scene, too, where, like, before all this, the FBI had come in and was questioning Statham. Then they call, um... Fuck, I believe that's Andy Garcia in this. Um, Yeah. And he's kind of like an FBI head. And he's basically telling them... Do you need a freshie? Yeah. He's basically telling them to let... he. What did he say? Let the painter paint? Yeah. They were like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? Um, so then they show him meeting with Andy Garcia. It's Andy Garcia, yeah. Yeah. It. yeah. And he basically tells him, here's a shit list. Kill all these guys. I don't give a shit. 
but just keep in mind that I can only look dumb for so long. And then uh, Statham says, I can get this done in two weeks, which you can't get done in two years. He gives him the list, and then he goes about, you know, his uh, getting a new fake ID, and they show all these things, you know, in, in typical Guy Ritchie fashion. So then we get back to present time, and these are all ex-military guys. They plan these jobs out, they, you know, they do a couple good hits, and then they get to this van. One of the security guards in the van tries to be a hero, they kill them too, and I think they're trying not to leave any witnesses is why they kill the kid, but... Well, I think they... I don't think they wanted this guy to kill the kid. They didn't. They, they're painting this guy out to be rogue and, you know... But to be fair, all these guys, they were like these mentally ill ex-vet types. Yeah. And they were all sitting around complaining about how they have to work. They were just real losers. Yeah. And at first, they they were complaining about uh, their bosses or whatever. And one of the bosses was Middle Eastern, so they go and rob Middle Eastern people. Right. Yeah, so they, they, they're kind of painting them... They're, they're just... With the ultimate villain brush, kind yeah, of. Yeah, and they're just, you know, losers, and they, they just... They're just out to just take things that aren't theirs. Right, but then they really want you to know that, that Scott Eastwood's character is the ultimate douche. Yes, he, he's just... He just likes to kill people. Like, they try to put a little bit of humanity into the rest of the crew. Not, I mean, they're still shitheads. But they're trying to separate Eastwood from, like, the rest of the crew, right? They are. But the other guys, a couple of them, what did he say? Just give me an enemy I can see. Yeah. You can see they just they just want to get in trouble. I, I, would, I would agree with that. Um, I think the unhinged... But they're definitely trying to make it known that the unhinged one in this group yes. is Eastwood. Because even when they rob this van, they're like, look, don't buy expensive shit you know yeah. buy groceries don't buy Maseratis or whatever mm-hmm. and then he go the, the the sergeant goes to Eastwood's place and it's like completely pimped out and he's got like a brand new $30,000 motorcycle and, and blah 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 right um, and they make it known several times like you almost fucking blew it for the rest of us mm-hmm. right and, and and so they show this side of it, and then the the ultimate plan here is that they're going to go into a van, break into the actual armory, and steal $160 million. On, the, on, was it Black Friday they're doing this? On Black Friday, right. Yeah, which I don't, I don't understand because people are using debit cards and stuff like that. Is there really that much cash out there? Absolutely not. It, it makes no sense. Yeah. But... Their inside man is also Bullet, who, like I said, I knew was going to be, like, a bad guy from the get-go. I did not... I mean, I wasn't surprised it was him. I just had no idea who it was going to be. Also, I want to make mention that Josh Harnett is in this film. I thought he had disappeared from the landscape forever. He was once, like... I remember that name. Hot Hollywood actor that they were expecting to be this big star, and it just really never panned out. He's the dude with the mustache. He's scared shitless when no they idea. robbed the first man. And he oh. tells him... Yeah. Uh, what did he tell him that I was cracking up at? Worry about picking up your asshole and putting it back inside oh, yeah. your asshole. 
Yeah. They... Bullet is telling Statham, like, you know, you need to be in on this with me. I'm going to get these guys in. They go into the armory, and they're tying Statham up and everybody else. And they're all body armored out, and they've got this big plan going. And it, it just cuts back and forth to their plan. And, you know, typical Guy Ritchie fashion. And then this gunfight breaks out. And most of the action is between the people who work at the armory and these uh, soldiers. Stayed them at the very last minute, kind of. He takes one down, chokes him out, gets in their costumes, and he kills, like, I don't know, two or three of the other guys. Mm -hmm. But then they shoot the fuck out of Statham, and we're like, well, he's dead, or he's at least, like, going to be in a coma again, right? Yeah. Well, I thought he was dead for sure. Yeah, and, and then they leave, and it's Bullet, of course. It's Scott Eastwood. Of course. And, and the, the Sarge, but he's yeah. bleeding out. Yeah. So they, they got this plan where they're going underneath these tunnels that the cops don't know about. And the Sarge takes out the gun because he knows Eastwood's going to kill him. And then Eastwood shows up and he's just like, oh, no, 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 Sarge, you don't need that. And he shoves a knife in his throat and kills him. So as they're riding away now, now it's just Bullet and Eastwood on a um, little... What are like quads? Yeah. You know, Bullet knows he's Eastwood's gonna betray him, and as he pulls out his gun, Eastwood comes around the corner and says, Oh, you're too slow, motherfucker, and shoots him right underneath the chin and blows his brain through the top of his skull. Yeah. Takes all the money for himself and goes back to his apartment. And uh, you know, he's in his robe, he's getting himself a little bit of the bubbly Noah's whiskey, huh? I think so. And then all of a sudden, Jason Statham is there in the shadows, sitting down. Yeah, which was completely unexpected. And at unrealistic. Point, yeah, at this point, you're thinking, you know, the movie's over, and it's not the ending you would have liked to see, but, you know, it was it was fun. So he throws the autopsy report at Eastwood. It's like, I want you to read that. So he's reading, like, punctured lung, lacerated heart, you know, lacerated or punctured spleen, liver. Yeah, spleen. Lung, and liver. Eastwood goes, what do you want? And then Statham gets up and he's like, I want your spleen. Shoots him in the spleen. <laughs> I want your liver. Shoots him in the liver. And then I want your lungs. Shoots him in the lungs. And then he shoots him in the heart. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. But it, I don't know. There's something about it that just felt so anticlimactic. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess this movie's not trying like to go cliche, even though there's some cliches in it, like the man brooding in the dark, you know, in the background. There's a lot of things. I wish Matt watched this movie with us to an extent because there's a lot of things they steal from James Bond in this. Yeah. Which I'll get to when we wrap this up, but... What about what they stole from Goodfellas? Which part? Don't go buying anything flashy. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. You're absolutely right. And the mafia aspect, I guess, to an extent, the Joe Pesci wannabe that we talked about. Yeah. What was that about? Yeah. So then Statham just leaves, and that's the end of the movie. And I'm telling Emma, like, I'm expecting in, like, typical Guy Ritchie fashion for a rewind here. To show how he survived that or how he got out or whatever. And it doesn't happen. 
the movie just ends. Um, as far as like the Bond elements, the beginning credits is very James Bondy. The yeah. only thing missing is like a catchy pop song in the beginning. <laughs> but it's very like artistic with like gun smoke and dragons and you know, uh, like it's an illustrated beginning, which I thought was cool. But, oh, then, of course, he has to bang the chick, even though he's just trying to get information out of her. You know, things bang like that. Bang the chick. Well, that's a typical James Bond movie. Yeah. You know, things like that. But, overall, you like this movie more than I did. Mm-hmm. You thought this is the best movie we've seen this year. Maybe. Which isn't, we haven't seen much, but. Yeah. Well, I never see movies, really. Well, I know, but... So you watch two, because we watch Nobody. Yeah, but I thought Nobody was good, but this one was good, too. Yeah? Would you say this is better than Nobody? Maybe. You give Nobody a 9 out of 10. What would you give this? Maybe also a 9. You liked it this much. Because nobody was not realistic at all. And this was a little more realistic. Nobody was realistic until the end, in my opinion. Yeah. Because, like, the bus fight scene was realistic. Yeah. But well, not the, really. the end is where it went off the rails for me. Yeah. I agree. This movie, yes, is, is a lot... Well, how can you say that, though, when he shows up in his apartment? I know, but the whole thing... Completely the whole story, unharmed. Was more realistic. There's a lot of coincidence happening here, too. I know. Like, they just happened to hit this van that he would happen to be there on, and... <sighs> okay, for me... And, but one thing that was not realistic, there was a lot of crime. And how does this much crime happen? The same, uh... The same vans, too, huh? Yeah. Getting hit over and over again. Yeah, like, these poor people who work for this company, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, they don't pay these people enough. Right? I thought... The dialogue got better as the movie went on. In the beginning, it was very... Forced. Yeah, and ridiculous. But I also thought it was forced between the bad guys. When yeah, they the were soldiers. Like, yeah. yeah, they were like complaining about about work and and just complaining in general, and every all of the dialogue in the groups was forced. Too on the nose. Yeah, it was really that they're really like trying to hammer in the point of these military guys were disgruntled. Yeah, and all the workers were like family. They right. were like it was just too much. Right. No, I, you're absolutely right. I thought there were moments in this film that dragged too. I didn't feel like it was engaging enough, um, you know, to, to to keep you to keep you engaged when there wasn't any action going. Which yeah, I don't need nonstop balls to the wall action, but you have to have the story interesting enough to where you know you're engaged the entire time. Well, when there was an action, there was this forced conversation. And the only reason that we went to go see this, I mean, it was my suggestion, because one, the pandemic is kind of thinning out, and we hadn't had, like, a date night out in a very long time. And so, 
we went to see this because I saw the reviews it was getting. And everybody was like, oh, this movie's great. And I just didn't feel like that. I felt like this is a movie I'm going to forget, like, tomorrow. Well, um, I thought it was great, but maybe other people think it's great because it's the first movie they've also seen in a long time. And it's possible, but I'm going to give this a six and a half. We said meh. M-E-H. Meh. It's fine. It's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just, to me, it's far from great. Um, I, I like Nobody a lot more, but maybe, I don't know, maybe that's because Nobody just had so many payoffs from, you know, that it's kind of how you want to see it end. Well, I think some of the acting was a little better. In Nobody? Mm -hmm. 100%. And that was another problem with this. D depending on the actor, you know? Yeah. Like, I thought Scott Eastwood actually did a good job of playing this villain. Yeah. Statham is Statham. Yeah, he doesn't he, say much. He doesn't have a lot of range. Like, he plays yeah. kind of the same dude in every movie he's in. Well, actually, do we even know if he's a good actor? Because he doesn't say much. He, he plays the same role in every movie he's in. Yeah. You know? He, he doesn't have range. Like... He didn't even have to, like, show emotion when his son died, really. You know? Yeah. It was just anger, I guess. Yeah. But I really haven't seen a, a movie where he's exhibiting a ton of emotion. He's mm -hmm. an action star, though. Like, this is... This is what they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, but, you know... The movie's, the movie's fine. I, I, I would recommend... If it's on Netflix or TV... Check it out. I don't know if I'd go to the theater to see this, but you know, it, it, it's it's fine. That that's the best I can say about it. Like, <laughs> it really. I mean, seriously. Like, you know, I've seen I don't know four movies this year. Uh, current movies, and nobody is the only one that stuck out. And I was looking so forward to Mortal Kombat, which you'll hear on this channel before this. And it just was a huge letdown. But um, this movie's okay. It's right there in the middle as far as the movies I've seen this year. So we will uh, catch you guys down the road on the next one. Any final words, Emma? I think you're wrong. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs>